enough, and I'm bringing a beer! Hey guys, welcome back. Today is a very cool day. Uh, very, very cool movie. Um, you know, who out there doesn't like beer, right? In this room, we love beer. Of course we do. Absolutely. So, guys, I don't know if you've ever had a Pabst Blue Ribbon, but uh, this is the star of the greatest beer run ever, the main star. What are we talking about today, Adam? We're talking about PBRs getting sent to the good old boys in Vietnam. And in honor of them, join us. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> mm. Mm. So, guys, in 1967, a lot of young men, you know, went to war in Vietnam. Very controversial war. Right, Adam? I mean, you had one side saying, why the hell are we there? And then the government saying... Get your ass over there. They got you on the draft. You got to go. I know. The last draft. That was crazy. Yep. But um, there was a group of guys sitting in a bar, Upper Manhattan, and uh, pound beers like we're doing right today. Couple working stiffs. Got to have a good blue it's, ribbon for a blue it's collar. It, the working That's stiffs. It. The bartender was played by Bill. Bill the man Murray. And yes. he was looking trim. Bill was looking pretty trim. He was looking real slim. Bill really... Pulled it off, man. I mean, yeah. he, he's a great actor, but he really got that um, pissed off thing. And I'm a, he's haircut, a bartender. And the haircut yeah. too made him look like an old army colonel. He like you, yeah. you could rest a PBR on the man's grays up top. I'll tell it, you what. He wasn't a colonel, but they called him Colonel Lynch. His last name was Lynch, and he was had all the TVs on in the bar and uh, all these protesters. You get a lot of you guys probably don't know this. There was tons of protests uh, over the Vietnam War. Could you imagine a time in America when people protested? Oh, my God. When would that really? be? It's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, um, and he was sick of it. And he's, they had six boys, local boys, that had went off to Vietnam. And he says, he was, he was holding a Pabst Blue Ribbon. He goes, I would like to be able to give every one of those boys a beer. I'd like to go over to Vietnam, track down all the boys in the neighborhood, and give them a beer. And everybody at the bar agreed, except the guy at the end, Chicky. So uh, Chicky Donahue, this is 1967, goes, you know what? I can bring him a beer. I could do that. Do what? Bring him beer. So this guy jumps on a boat. Now, there's going to be some spoiler alerts, by the way, guys. <laughs> and another spoiler alert, hit that subscribe and like, okay? So he jumps on a boat. And it's an ammo boat headed for Vietnam. 17 hours later, he's on his way. Took him a couple weeks to get there. And by the time he got there, how many guys were left out Five? of the six? Five of them? Four. Four. One, one was killed and uh, one went home with malaria. But the minute he got off the boat, he noticed, he's looking at his notes to see what platoon these guys are in or where they're, where they're stationed. And he looks at the MP's hat and it's the same number as I think it was um, Tommy Collins that was one of the guys. Yeah. And uh, he gets off the boat, and Tommy walks up, and he goes, Cheeky, what the hell are you doing here? I came to bring you a beer, bro. Right? I mean, how cool is that? It's crazy as shit, but it's cool. I loved how when he got off the boat and started talking to his buddies that were all the MPs, 
and they were going through the map together, they were trying to run through how he was going to actually arrive and bring all the boys the PBRs. Being a good, like, working guy, he probably had his bus pass and a good thumb in the 60s, and that's how he got around. <laughs> that was it, man. So he shows up thinking he's going to hitchhike to central Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> like, being a bonehead myself, I absolutely appreciate just the belief that, oh, I'll get over there, rub shoulders with a couple fellas, and they'll know how to get me up there. Hop, skip, and a jump. We'll be cracking brews. Well, think about it. Today, there's no way in hell you could do this because <laughs> the, the government would not let you do it. But um, he would just go up to a, uh, the next plane and go, hey, listen, uh, my stepbrother's my step in, in combat, and I, just, I came to see him. Mom's in bad shape or whatever he said. You know, he was yeah. just... just Trying to basically playing the car salesman, giving them a fucking bullshit deal. And they're all like, well, okay, we'll do that. And then the guys that were cool, he actually said, I would tell you what I'm here for, but you wouldn't fucking believe me. <laughs> right? And then when he finally did tell some of these guys what he was doing. But think about it, guys. You go into a war zone, which at that time, this is before the Tet Offense, I believe. Mm -hmm. The Tet Offense is when everything really got crazy over there. But at this point in time, they thought the war was coming to an end. And that's what the, the government was telling all the people here in America. Hey, it's almost over. You know, the problem's done and all this crap. Because it had been like four years, right? Something like that. Yeah. At least. So it started in... 63, Yeah, I want to say. And so, so the movie picks up in 67 as they're, they're trying to tell us it's going all good. He gets over there and... You know, it, this is a spoiler alert, but guys, the amazing thing is he nailed it. He got to all of his buddies, uh, had some, you know, the, the nice thing about the Farley, uh, our director on this thing, it starts out very lighthearted and very, oh my goodness, you know, because this guy also produced um, something about Mary, Dumb and Dumber, uh, Me, Myself, and Irene, um, and so it's all comedy. So you think, you know, you start this thing, you think it's going to be a lot of fun. And then the seriousness gets into it, right? Yeah. He, I think the pace of the movie matched what he was dealing with so well, because it really, as, as the character learned about what he got himself into, yeah. the complexities and like really the heavy aspects of your buddies fighting a war that you're not really involved in, but you want to support them somehow really start to weigh in um, kind of throughout the whole visual and character portrayal throughout the film. Well, I think when his one buddy said, you know, run, <laughs> <laughs> I think it all sunk into him. <laughs> yeah, we're halfway there. No, fuck. You know, wake up, dude. You're not dead. All right. Yeah. Um, but it, it finally gets into it where it, it gets spooky and, and the realization of, of how awful that war was and what it did, not only to the Americans, but to those poor people, the Vietnamese, that didn't deserve this shit, right? Yeah. It really brings that to life. I, I think that uh, the, what's the Graham Greene novel? Um, not Our Man in Havana, but The Quiet American, right? Michael Caine played his lead character. Yep. And I feel like it's kind of central in any story about Vietnam and hopefully becomes more central to stories as we retell other wars that the United States has been in. But how that character Oklahoma really was like an embodiment of the Vietnamese people 
who were appreciating what the Americans said they were there to do. And which was well, bullshit. Which was bullshit. But then when, as you watch the movie, you'll see what happens to him really was kind of a version of the fate that was left to the, to the folks over there as America ultimately failed in what we said we were there to do. Well, the sad thing is, and hats off, I've got a lot of my friends that were in that war, and hats off to all, all you military cats, man. Uh, nothing but a yep. love and appreciation. But, you know, the government lies to us a lot, and uh, this was an example of that. But, you know, getting over there and being that crazy, thinking that, oh, yeah, I can just take some beer over there to my buddies, uh, is pretty absolutely amazing and to this day he delivered to four of his buddies and they're all still alive they're all in their 80s man i mean it's still kicking it and they're still drinking your blue ribbon yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah hey we need a sponsor right here paps come on guys bring it on but guys listen this movie's coming out we've seen it but this movie's coming out uh, uh pretty quick and you're gonna absolutely zach efron uh, I thought, except for his porn mustache, which <laughs> everybody back then had one. You nailed it. Yeah, absolutely nailed it. I, I think that it was such a good role for Zach because he really got to like flex some more dramatic muscles while also still kind of having that uh, uh, joking persona that he had in Neighbors and a few other movies, right? Well, like, you know, he's they had some great actors in this, but Zach, I got to tell you something. You're one badass actor, dude, and you did a great job in this. But, I mean, you got Bill Murray, and then we've got... Fat you, Russell Crowe. Fat oh, Russell Crowe. I Crow. love Fat Russell Crowe. <laughs> God. You know, when he covered Zach's bar tab in the hotel, I felt like that was just everything Fat Russell Crowe wants to do. And his he, Coates, right? That was his name. Oh, yeah, yeah. Coates, and he was a photographer, and, uh, you know, what was he doing in Vietnam, right? He was doing another hard job, was trying to figure out what the fuck is happening. Right. You know, guys, uh, like Adam said, that was the last draft that we had, and hopefully that is the last draft we ever have. You know, it's always good to fight for your country, and we love you boys that do that, but uh, we got to make sure it's always for the right reasons, right? And sometimes they pull the wool over our eyes, right? But guys, I'm going to tell you, you're going to love this movie. Go see it. The greatest beer run ever. And have a paps while you're doing it. <laughs> Love you guys. Cheers. Are you ready? What are we doing? We're going to run for our lives. We're halfway home. Halfway? I'm Chicky Donahue, and I am not supposed to be in Vietnam. Hey, get your ass out of bed, you lazy bum. Look at you, sleeping your life away. Look at these scumbags. You're embarrassing yourself, and you're embarrassing your family. Do these protesters not know that our soldiers see that on TV? I'd like to go over to Vietnam, track down all the boys in the neighborhood, and give them a beer. I could do that. Do what? Bring him beer. He's not serious. He's hammered. Look at him. The man's stone sober. That's his fifth beer, maybe. Tops. I'm going to Vietnam, and I'm bringing a beer! Yeah! Hey, Chief, no chance you have a ship heading to Vietnam. 1,700 hours. Tonight? It's not going to be easy. But I'm going to show them that this country is still behind them. You're going to get yourself killed over there. It's like you said, everyone's doing something. I'm doing nothing. One morning, 
Smuggling beer into a war zone? It's not the smartest thing I've ever heard of. It's certainly not the worst either. A new day, a new what if you start up here with Collins? <laughs> this came to deliver a sudsy thank you card. And then, if you're still alive. You American? New York. Thanks a lot. You can hustle down to Dugan. Ta-da! Chicky, I brought you beer. You shouldn't be here. You think this is funny? I'm not doing this for laughs. I'm doing it for all you guys. Come on, time to go. Is it over? Yeah, you're dead. If you don't get it, do you, Chick? This isn't a John Wayne movie where you know the good guys are and you know the bad guys are. I didn't come all this way just to quit. Somebody's got to be here to see what's going on. I want the truth told for them. They're just kids. You're going to find out it's a lot harder to get out of a war than it is to get into one. I'm trying to show them that somebody back home is still behind them. You got a good heart, Chicky. It's your brains I'm worried about. Who's this hand job? It's my next door neighbor. He brought me a beer. Hi.